Welcome to the I Am African podcast, where excellence isn't just inspired, but demanded. I believe in asking the difficult questions, starting the uncomfortable conversations, proposing outside-the-box solutions, and of course, shaking tables. No, breaking tables, all while being African. I am your host, Vera Ezimora. Divorce. Ugh. It's such a dirty word, right? It's heavy. Like, if you're in an argument with your spouse and you mention divorce, that's like drawing blood, right? That's like all gloves are off. Um, but yeah, I am divorced. I got divorced. My divorce was final in October or November of last year, 2019. I filed for divorce in February of 2019, and it was over before the end of the year, which is not at all the norm. I was prepared for a year and a half, at least. That's what I was told by a lawyer, but I was greatly favored, and it was done even sooner. So what is divorce like? I would say divorce is like death. <laughs> I don't mean to sound dramatic, right? But it's not the death of the person. Like, it's not death of your ex-spouse. Uh, it's death of everything you hoped and dreamt of with him or her, right? For me, it it was death to the plans we made, death to the dreams we had, you know, you get married, you say, oh, this is the person I'm going to do this life thing with. And you dream about when you guys are old and wrinkly and having grandkids together and spoil. Like all these dreams is death to the dreams. And so you mourn. You go through a period of mourning like you would when a person passes on. You go through a period of mourning this thing that isn't going to happen anymore. And so for me, that's exactly what it was. I, It felt like death. To, it was death to all these dreams that I had with this person and having to mourn. And let me even talk about this mourning thing, right? It's it's kind of like when somebody dies also. Basically, it's I don't know if it's ever completely over, right? Um, I remember periods at work when I would need to pause go to the bathroom, sit on the toilet and cry. I wasn't crying because, oh my God, I miss my ex-husband. I really want, no, it was just that the tears and the pain was that I had to go through this. Like, why am I in the middle of this divorce? Why do I have to go through this? This is painful. It's uncomfortable. It costs a lot and not just money, but my emotions, my time, it was expensive. It was a very expensive process to go through. So yeah, I like I remember one particular episode at work and I had just received my invoice from my divorce attorney and I'm looking at the amount and then I paid it, but I needed a moment. So I had to go to the bathroom, sit on the toilet and just weep. When I knew nobody was in there, and then you have the stalls in the bathroom. I cried out loud. I mean, not too loud where you could hear me outside of the bathroom, but 
I made sounds, you know, and then whenever somebody walked in, I continued my crying very silently. When I was done, I wiped my tears. I looked at my face in the mirror. I smiled like, girl, you got this. And I went back to work as usual. I was smiling and laughing with everybody. My coworkers knew that I was going through divorce, but nobody knew, you know, like all the details, of course, of what was happening. And, um... Speaking of my job, this kind I'm kind of going off topic now, but speaking of my job, I remember when I went to, when I did an interview for this job, I was completely open with them. I told them, look, I am going through a divorce right now. I Had I filed then? Yes. Yes, I had. I told them, I was like, I am going through a divorce right now. I am a single parent. I am 100% responsible for my child. So what I was looking for was a job that was stable and uh, flexible because I told him I was like there might be days where I have to leave in the middle of the day or come in late I need a job where if that happens when it happens that I don't come back to a bunch of scowling faces because you guys are mad that I ha- I need that flexibility and I my job has been a true blessing it's been I have no doubt about it that this job was specially prepared for me because it's not even about the company, but the team that I've been blessed to work with. Um, so the moments that I had to, because it did happen. Like, you know, I remember once they called me from school. Adavarastic wasn't feeling fine. Well, I had to leave in the middle of the day, you know, or times when, hey, I have to stay home today or I have to come in late and I've never received any backlash for it. So um, that's basically to say that when you are preparing for divorce, um, that's one of the things you should consider the people around you uh not just your close friends and family but even your work family because you need all the support that you can get it's going to get tough you should prepare for war i would say and hope for the best but prepare for war because divorce has a way of bringing out ugly sides of people I really don't recall if there was one single time that my ex-husband told the truth when we were like in front of a magistrate or lawyer or whatever it is. It was lies upon lies upon lies. At some point I was exhausted. Like I I didn't I I didn't bother arguing. It wasn't that I didn't have anything to say. It was just in my mind I'm thinking, look, just I, I don't even care what you're saying anymore. You people should get me out of this thing. <laughs> that was that was my angle. Let me out. Let my people go. Let me out. I remember this particular lady. Um, I don't want to say her name or position. But she met us once. And the next time she saw me, she said to me, I can see why you filed for divorce. And she was very helpful to me, actually, because she told me, I don't even remember if I've already mentioned this, but she told me that divorce is basically emotional and legal. Those are the two parts. She's like, if you get the emotional part out, the legal part will go by. I know it's hard, but just get the emotional part out of it. And that was some really crucial advice for me because it helped me a lot. It made me to be able to look at things differently. Like when he's he was doing things or saying things that were just not true like not even partly true I was able to be like girl don't worry about it keep your eyes on the prize you want out 
that's what you want. You get out. Focus on that. I daydreamed so much about this divorce being complete. I like I would lie down in bed, going to bed, close my eyes, and that's what I would imagine what life would be like divorced. On my door of the bedroom, on the back of the door, like you know, the inside part of the bedroom, I have some index cards. I'm stuck on the door. And one of them, they're basically big tasks that I want to, you know, get done. One of them was divorce. And I would look at that like, God, I, I need this to be done. I want to pull this index card off of this door. And my people, I am happy to report that the index card is gone. I It's pulled off because the, the divorce is final, you know. um, It's tough getting divorced. It's not, if you come to this decision easily, then maybe you've not thought about it properly or you shouldn't even have been married in the first place. It's tough. The load, the load to carry, the load of divorce is very heavy, but it's carryable, okay? And I don't know if carryable is a real, it's a real word, right? The divorce, the load of the divorce is heavy, but it's carryable. I would say that before you get divorced, the very first thing you should do is pray about it. You need guidance. You need for your steps to be divinely ordered. You need to listen to your gut feeling. Speaking of listening to God's, to your gut feeling, um, I'm going to have a new, a whole new episode where I talk about that because if I talk about it here, we're going to be here forever. So I would talk about that in a, in a different episode because I want to tell you what that was like for me, how that helped me get to where I am today. I didn't have an exact moment where I was like, all right, this is definitely over and I have to go now. I didn't have that moment. It just happened over time. You know, when he, my marriage was over in December, that was when I walked away in December of 2017. In November, my ex-husband traveled to Nigeria and I remember distinctly that every time I thought about him coming back, I would have heart palpitations. Like I was stressed. I wasn't sleeping at night. I was tossing and turning. I was not at peace. The thought of my ex-husband or then husband at the time coming back home was a problem to me. And when he did come home, I remember that when I went out, I'd come home and I was park and I would sit in the car for a while because I was dreading going back into the house. It was no longer my home. I think that a spouse should be your safe place. I want to want to come home to my husband. I want to be happy to be home with my husband. If I dread being home, then is that even still home? before I got divorced, uh, before we even separated at that crucial moment where I was like, this definitely has to end. I knew it had to end. I was doing things like I was, I was losing weight without even trying. And it was because I was stressed. I wasn't even sleeping at night. I remember I also started going to the gym which might have contributed, but 
the weight loss started way before I went to the gym. He would come home and then about 10, 15 minutes later, I would go to the gym. Our apartment had a gym on site and it was was a nice gym. I mean, it was was a nice apartment. It was one of those luxury apartments. So the gym was pretty neat. But about 10 to 15 minutes after he came home, I would leave the house and go to the gym. I wasn't going to the gym because I wanted to actually work out. I mean, I did, but that was not why I went to the gym. I went to the gym because I needed to not be home with him. I needed to avoid him. Our presence in the same room was toxic. (laughs) That's what it became. We weren't arguing. We weren't even talking to each other. But I needed to not be there. I just, I needed, I needed air when he was in the house with me. And so, you know, you can imagine that I knew that this cannot be the rest of my life. Like, I can't do this. And I would go to the gym and yet I couldn't even stay away long enough because my child was still at home. So it's not like I could be gone for 12 hours a day. I wished I could, but I couldn't. So I would have to come home. So once I knew that I had to walk away, the next thing was to pray about it because I didn't know how. I didn't know anybody personally that had been divorced. I didn't know anybody to turn to and say, hey, how do you do this? Like, what's the first step? But luckily, air quotes, luckily, uh, we had the second issue of domestic violence. That was when he pushed me. And so that was my get out of jail free card. I called the police. I got a protective order and everything has led up to where we are today. Divorced. When I shared my decision to get divorced, most people supported the decision, even if they weren't freaked out or spooked by the domestic violence. Once you mentioned the Jew, everybody was like, ah, no, 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 no. My sister, you have to come out. What is it? For what now? That was pretty much the attitude, which makes sense. You know, you may not fear domestic violence or you may not be afraid of somebody beating you. But Juju, mm -mm, this is where we draw the line. So most people said, yeah, girl, you need to go. I had a few people saying I should wait, you know, pray about it, you know, seek the Lord's face in prayer. and, 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 And really, there's nothing wrong with them asking me to pray. I understood where they were coming from. And I did. I did. My conviction was strong. I have never, since I walked away from my marriage, I have never thought about it and wished I hadn't walked away. I've never had one. There's no buyer's remorse here. There is no, God, did I walk away too fast? Should I have stayed a little bit longer? No, none of that. My conviction was solid. I knew I had to go. And I knew that this second uh, domestic violence that we had, that was, to me, an answered prayer. And I know it sounds crazy because who wants their husband to touch, beat them or hit them or raise their hands against them? I didn't want it, but I needed it. I needed it because it helped me out. Because he did that, I was able to do so much more. So everything worked together for my good. One relative wanted me to not get divorced at all. He said, this is a spiritual battle. You need to get on your knees. 
because the enemy, he likes to attack families, you know, and he was right. The enemy does like to attack families. I, it, it's not like I, I knew that. I knew that this was an attack from the devil, but I didn't think that I needed to be under the same roof with my husband to fight this battle. I like, I need to save myself and I need to save my child. That's another thing, you know, when you're a mom, you fight differently. Even if you used to be a passive, quiet, shy, reserved person, once you become a mom, oh no, you know, a different side of you comes out. I've never been shy or reserved, but becoming a mom, oh yeah, I definitely fought differently. I would say that once I knew I had to walk away, once this whole domestic violence thing happened, oh, I became a calculating bitch. It helped me a lot that I knew who I was dealing with, how he would think about some things. And I used it to my advantage. That's the truth. Because I anticipated certain things that he did. And because I anticipated them, I was well prepared for them. In my fight to save myself and my child, oh, I do not regret anything that I did or any way that I went about it. I would do it all over again. And I don't want this to come across as me doing something bad. I wasn't like conniving or lying or any of those. No, not at all. I simply gave him the opportunity to nail his own coffin, basically. I'll put it that way. And he never disappointed me. But like I said, in the fight for myself and for my child, oh yeah, yeah, I had to be ruthless. You have to be ruthless. If you're listening to this, you need to be ruthless. So what has it been like being divorced? Hmm. I can only speak for myself. For me, it's been liberating. It's not, I won't say that marriage is prison. Okay, that's not the message I want to send out there. But I can definitely tell you that for me, I feel liberated. It's like the leash has been taken off. Even being completely honest with myself, I'll say I got lost in my marriage. I don't even know when it happened, why it happened. But looking at the Vera that was in the marriage and the Vera that is speaking to you today, we're two different people. I am so grateful for her. I'm grateful for the things she did, for the marriage she endured. And like I said, it wasn't bad all the way. But when it became bad, it became really bad. But the Vera who's speaking to you today, she's different. I do not have the same patience that I had before. I do not have the patience to take the things that I took before. I, cer I certainly don't have the mental capacity. I don't have it anymore. I am in a different place. I'm stronger. I see marriage differently. And to clarify, by the way, um, I think marriage is great. I still think marriage is great. I don't think it's a bad thing. The problem with marriage is, is the people in it, not the actual marriage. And also, because I know I mentioned my husband's or ex-husband's mother being in the picture and being part of 
why we got here. I also want to put it out there. I, I, I don't blame her for the end of the marriage. She played a part. She played a huge part. But I do not blame her for the end of the marriage because I was not married to her. I didn't, she, did, she didn't owe me anything. The person who owed me something was the person that was married to. And he failed woefully at that. So I do not blame her. So like I said, for me, getting divorced has been liberating. I and, and the things that have happened after the marriage, after the divorce, have vindicated me. Now for me, I have a chance to start over. But I'm not, but here's the good part. I'm not starting over from the beginning. I'm starting over from experience. You know, I'm not starting over as clueless as I was before. Here's the thing. You, there's some things that you, you, you just can't ever know until you experience them. You know, you can have all the theories about relationships, about marriage, about whatever it is, but until you're in there, you don't, what you're saying is just that theoretical. Until you're in there, you don't know. For example, I never knew how marriage, I mean, how money could affect a marriage. You know, like when I heard mar money is one of the top three reasons of divorce, I'm thinking, why? I would never, money can never, ever come between me and my husband. All that matters is love. As long as I love him and he loves me, what could possibly go wrong <laughs> my people a lot could go wrong and it did in my case i found out at the end i was like okay mm. so this is why they say money can cause problems <laughs> you know i want to say because people have said this on the blog about infidelity so i want to say that ironically Infidelity is the one thing that one issue I did not have in my marriage. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying that my ex-husband did not cheat. I'm saying I did not know of it. If he did, I don't know of it. In light of how much I really didn't know, I wouldn't be surprised if I find out today that it happened, but it doesn't matter anyway. My divorce has given me a chance to start over, to start over from experience. I had the privilege of throwing the whole man away and saying, look, this doesn't serve me anymore. This relationship is not what I signed up for. And my biggest thing for my decision to get divorced was that I didn't want to raise my child in chaos. I did not want my child growing up and seeing an abusive man physically, verbally abusive, financially incompetent. I didn't want her to grow up and think that that was normal. I didn't want to be advising her and say, hey, you know, you don't have to take this or you don't have to let someone treat you that way. And she's looking at me like, well, why did you let someone treat you that way, mom? Why didn't you walk away? And so I had to walk away. And also I was young. I'm still young. I thought to myself, if I don't leave now, it's going to be 30, 40, 50 years, 50, 60 years even. And I will wake up one day and be like, I should have walked away 60 years ago. And I just 
could not let that be my life. I have a lot of regrets. There are a lot of things I wish I could do or undo or redo. I just was not going to spend the bulk of my life living a life that I did not actually want to live. I think that was just madness to me. I've spoken to women who have stayed in marriages. Kids are all grown. They're grandmas now. or you know, And they're saying, oh, I should have left like 40 years. That, I, I was like, this cannot be my life. This can't be my legacy. This can't be my testimony. I can't be 100 years old lying on my deathbed and saying, forgive me, Father, for not being wiser. Forgive me for not taking the opportunities when you gave them to me. Forgive me for not living this life in a better way. My life be about somebody else. Forgive me for not valuing or loving myself enough to do what I knew was right for myself. I don't want to say that prayer when I'm on my deathbed. And that's why I walked away. And that was why I prayed for my divorce. And today, if there's such a thing as a happily divorced woman, I am she and she is me. (laughs) I did pray for this divorce. And I'm so grateful that God came through. The I Am African podcast is powered by Verastic. Thank you for letting me be in your ears today. If you have not yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Do you know any remarkable Africans who should be on the show? People who have compelling stories, or maybe you just have a show idea? Please send any show and guest suggestions to I Am African at verastic.com that's i am african at verastic.com follow i am african podcast on instagram twitter and facebook and you can find me too at verastic on instagram twitter and facebook once again i am your host vera ezimora thank you for listening and i'll talk to you next week Thank you.